Welcome to episode four of Autonomy Bytes, a program dedicated to keeping you up to date on the latest trends, technologies, and applications of autonomous systems. Each episode highlights interviews with leading experts to provide their insights and opinions in a format that is both educational and entertaining. Hi, everybody. I'm Ryan Smith, retired Air Force officer, experimental test pilot, and aviation industry consultant. And of course, I'm joined today by my co-host, Dr. Andrew Shepard, Executive Director and Chief Scientist of Unmanned Aerial Systems, or UAS, at the Sinclair College National UAS Training and Certification Center located in Dayton, Ohio. Hello, Andrew. Hi, Ryan. Uh, today, I'm excited to introduce Mr. Travis White, a research engineer in the Great Lakes Research Center at Michigan Technological University located in Houghton, Michigan. Travis has been doing some amazing work related to maritime autonomy, and since we have a lot to cover, let's just get started. Travis, welcome to Autonomy Bites. Well, hello, Andrew and Ryan. Thanks for having me today. I'm happy to be here. Hey, Travis, let's, uh, we're, we're glad to have you here. Um, let's start with some background, though, a little bit. Um, what is the Great Lakes Research Center, and can you tell us a little bit about the projects that you and your, pro you and your colleagues are doing there? Yeah, sure, Ryan. Uh, the Great Lakes Research Center, I'm going to shorten that to GLRC, is a research hub and a, a physical facility at Michigan Tech with a focus on research that is uh, multidisciplinary. So it involves teams of researchers from roughly 20 different departments across our campus who collectively offer innovative solutions to challenges uh, that pertain to freshwater and freshwater ecosystems. Um, as a facility, GLRC houses faculty, staff, and students. Uh, it provides shared use spaces and labs. And uh, with that, of course, includes our uh, marine research assets facility. Uh, we've got a high-performance computing uh, infrastructure. Um, and we also have shared use research equipment, uh, which includes our fleet of research vessels, uh, remotely operated vehicles, autonomous underwater and surface vehicles, and uh, many other tools that are used to facilitate a, a very wide range of research um, across the Great Lakes and beyond. Um, a couple of projects, I guess, that have recently uh, uh, been a focus of mine include developing an autonomous jet ski that utilizes a custom algorithm. Uh, that algorithm allows the vehicle to intelligently navigate in large waves. Um, it uses a suite of sensors to optimize its path planning, and that allows it to get from point A to point B in a manner that reduces the chances of that vessel capsizing. Uh, another interesting project we are working on involves the detection of algae blooms in the Great Lakes and the prediction of large-scale events, um, which could potentially impact critical infrastructure such as power generation facilities. And we also do a lot of climate research, uh, which includes real-time remote observations of wind, waves, and other weather, as well as uh, hydrodynamic climate and environmental numerical models of the Great Lakes and even the coastal oceans. Wow, Travis, uh, you know, it sounds like you have a lot of really exciting work happening at the center. And I was uh, also reading about the Marine Autonomy uh, Research Site, or MARS. Uh, that looks like a remarkable resource. So uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely, Andrew. <clears throat> In 2018, the Great Lakes Research Center partnered with the state of Michigan and the Great Lakes and St. Lawrence Governors and Premiers to launch what is called the Smart Ships Coalition and also the Marine Autonomy Research Site. Uh, this was done in recognition of Michigan's thriving mobility atmosphere and with consideration to the vitality of shipping as a critical mode of transportation throughout the Great Lakes region and St. Lawrence. Uh, Smart Ships Coalition was established as a very broad stakeholder community 
um, which currently includes academic partners, state and federal agencies, um, both private and nonprofit industry, as well as some international partners. And we all share a common interest in the advancement and application of autonomous technologies, uh, primarily those operated in marine environments. So the Smart Ships Coalition members are working collaboratively to identify and address uh, different opportunities to apply autonomous technologies that improve how and what we do in the marine environment. Um, so very similar to the automotive industry's ground-based autonomy, um, as well as the aviation industry uh, with aerial autonomy, there's a lot of testing that's needed to verify sort of the, the risks and the compliance of the autonomous vehicles with real-world conditions um, and an emphasis on the real world uh, with our test bed here being Lake Superior. Um, so these, uh, you know, we're, we're evaluating the interactions of unmanned vessels and autonomous vehicles with other vessels, uh, compliance with existing maritime regulations, um, looking at how much oversight and control is needed for safe and efficient operation. Um, and for all of these reasons, uh, the Smart Ships Coalition uh, announced the Great Lakes Testbed Area, which is open to companies, uh, researchers, uh, government agencies, and, and any others wishing to test autonomous surface and subsurface vehicles, <clears throat> and of course, the related technologies that enable those. Um, Mars is a physical location, so that's centered here at the Great Lakes Research Center, and that provides direct access to our Lake Superior testbed. Um, the facility supports all sorts of marine operations. We have technical staff and experts that can help our partners uh, with testing their technology safely and also ensuring that we're collecting meaningful information that advances their research and development. Um, and of course, we've also been working very closely with the U.S. Coast Guard and other government partners uh, to exchange information and to help them understand these technologies. Wow, Travis, that's, that sounds like you have a, a perfect place for doing research in, in multi-domains, right? I mean, you mentioned ground assets and air assets. So I, I know you have been doing a lot of work related to integration of multi-domain autonomous assets. Can you just take a second and maybe compare for us, uh, you know, the development of maritime autonomy with unmanned aerial systems and maybe just touch on where you see the future integration of autonomous systems across the various domains? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, personally, I don't have a, a ton of experience developing aerial systems, but uh, what I can say is that, you know, both forms of autonomy have been around for roughly the same amount of time. Um, and of course, today we see a lot more applications of aerial drones being operated, uh, you know, and commercially available off the shelf as opposed to autonomous marine vehicles, especially by volume. Um, because of this, I think we see a much more established regulatory framework around uh, UAVs as opposed to uh, autonomous surface vehicles, um, and the maritime industry is still in the very early stages of adjusting their regulations, or, or what we skippers refer to as the rules of the road, to describe this new class of autonomous marine vehicles, which of course range very widely in their capabilities and level of autonomy. Um, another thing that is unique and challenging with the development of maritime autonomy is of course the environment in which we operate. So. A little bit different than in the air, we did not always have a clear line of sight for communication between operator and vehicle. And in the case of underwater vehicles, there's really no efficient way to communicate with the assets once they begin their mission. So this forces us to really do a lot of diligence with our mission planning, and it also places a great dependency on the vehicles having capabilities such as collision avoidance as well as the intelligence to, uh, to make some of their own decisions like taking evasive maneuvers, uh, and even aborting the mission to mitigate risks. 
So for some of the reasons I've noted above, I think there's really a tremendous potential for the integration between autonomous systems across domains, especially air and water. Marine vehicles greatly benefit from increasing their situational awareness, whether they're remotely piloted by someone like me or if they're uh, perhaps actually operating fully autonomous. Um, they rely on their sensors to navigate, but they also need to understand what is around them and below them, you know, how much water is below the draft. Um, <clears throat> one way to accomplish greater awareness of surroundings for marine vehicles is to incorporate a bird's eye view perspective, um, which can be gained from UAVs to relay that information, um, you know, about potential hazards, for example, into a vessel's navigation and decision making. Um, you know, this could be identifying other vessels, rocks, shorelines, shallow water, uh, or weather. So unlike UAVs, marine vehicles typically have the benefit of much more persistence uh, and endurance without the limitations of fuel and batteries. So I truly foresee a time in the future where it's common for autonomous surface vehicles to serve as a docking station for their companion UAVs, which really enables new capabilities in both domains. Well, you know, that's uh, really fascinating. Uh, you know, I'm uh, primarily a, an aviation or a space science guy, so uh, learning more about uh, what's going on in maritime autonomy is, uh, is uh, great. So, uh, before we go, Travis, can you uh, tell us uh, very briefly about the Cyberboat Challenge? Uh, I understand that introduces students to cybersecurity threats related to maritime applications. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, <clears throat> MTU is working with the Michigan Economic and Development Corporation to further what's really one of our most important goals, and that is workforce development, um, you know, and, and education. So specifically, as it relates to the topic of marine autonomy, um, you know, across all applications of autonomy, cybersecurity and keeping out potential threats is one of the keys to enabling these technologies to be safely used. Um, and shipping, of course, is an incredibly complicated and interconnected industry, which relies upon communications and connectivity for all the functions uh, of these vehicles. So. Uh, therefore, that makes it both a target of cyber attacks and a risk uh, from them. So the Cyberboat Challenge basically targets the next generation workforce uh, to develop their skills, provide them with a network of uh, potential mentors, and really to excite their interest in transportation uh, and cybersecurity. So the Cyberboat Challenge builds upon uh, concepts that have successfully been used already um, with the Cyber Auto Challenge and the Cyber Truck Challenges. Um, and of course, this is a very pro-industry event, um, you know, working with our partners in the Smart Ships Coalition um, <clears throat> to basically help uh, also educate and allow the industry to understand uh, and conquer some of the cybersecurity challenges. So at this time, we're targeting later this year, uh, hopefully, to hold this event at MTU, which will physically connect students, educators, and industry to provide a hands-on learning opportunity uh, with connected marine systems and even aboard a modern vessel. Uh, in a very collaborative, problem-solving format. Hey, Travis, that, that sounds fantastic. I, I, I think we'll all look forward to being able to hear how that goes for you. Um, it's been great to have you on the show. You are truly the first person I think we've had on the show that we can call Skipper, uh, but hopefully you're not the last one. So we'll look forward to that. And thank you so much for sharing the highlights, uh, you know, of the activities that are happening in the maritime autonomy environment. We really appreciate it. Well, thanks, Ryan. It's been my pleasure. Andrew, we're getting close to the end. Can you close us out for this episode? Uh, sure thing. You know, as always, we'd like to uh, thank our sponsor, the Sinclair College of National UAS Training and Certification Center. And uh, for all of you listening, please subscribe to the show and let your friends know uh, what they're missing if they already aren't listening to. 
Stay alert for new episodes as we continue to bring you interviews with leading experts representing all sectors of the autonomy industry. And remember, autonomy bites. See you next time, everybody.